Um, it's good to be home. You know, there's, there's actually, there's no place like home. And I, I guess the, the Barchers are, are just back from the, the States and I guess they can relate with that. Probably been living out of suitcases and, and stuff for a, a couple of months. And there's no place like home. There's no place like your own toilet, your own shower, your own bed. And um, I think we can all relate with that. And you know, to make that statement at the beginning of my message today is, is actually, um, it's quite pertinent. Because in so many aspects, it's what we're all looking for. We're looking for that place to belong, that place of where we're accepted and, and loved and, and championed. And um, we're looking for that place where we can truly be ourselves, where we can expand and grow, that sense of sanctuary. You know, in the famous words of the movie The Castle, it's a castle. <laughs> castle. In actual fact, well, don't don't distract me, please, because in the in the movie, the castle. It's not a house; it's a home. And a man's home is his castle. It's a place where we invite people into. Isn't it? Both in a personal family sense, but also in a corporate sense, as a body of believers that of where we have a home church fellowship where we belong, where we call home. It's become a slogan for many churches that proudly display in their foyer, welcome home. And, you know, for those of you who haven't realized, Edith and I have been on holidays for the last six weeks. We, we had a holiday that was not the holiday that we planned, but even so, it's, we've had a good break. And so today is our first day back. Um, I actually came along to church several times during my holidays because I didn't want to go anywhere else. I wanted to be at home in that place of where I'm comfortable, in the place of where I relate and I can just be myself. And so I love this body of believers of where we call ourselves our community. And this is my home. It's where I'm accepted, I'm loved, empowered, corrected. Who loves correction? Put your hands up. Um, you know what? I get corrected all the time. And it's, it's, it's not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing. I'm really comfortable with it. And, um, because in that correction, there's, there's always encouragement. And I tell you what, I love this church because of the encouragement that just exudes from this body. It's a safe, place it's that sense of family 
where we can actually be vulnerable and honest with each other. It's important that then that as a family we actually communicate what's going on in our lives and we can we can share the burdens of one another and we can be comfortable with that. So this morning I'm not actually going to be preaching as such but probably more so sharing with the family. One of the one of the things that you know through our journey that we've really laid hold of is the fact that um, God is good, absolutely, 100%. God is good, and so He desires for us to experience His goodness, and nothing is impossible for God. What's the next step? Well, this to me, this is probably the most exciting news that um, Edith and I can share in you know, with where we're at in our journey. And the, the title of my message is Passing on the Baton. Nobody achieves anything alone. And so it's of utmost importance that we recognize the value of having people around us. In 2012, Edith and I were fortunate to be invited to a a small pastor's gathering uh, hosted by Len Russo down at uh, Genesis where we heard two apostolic people speaking on kingdom. Uh, Peter McHugh and John McElroy. And we were so impacted with what they were saying it, it actually reset our, our compass on how we pursue ministry. And, um, and so we were challenged to move away. We felt the challenge of God to move away from contemporary, um, what's the word? Contemporary, um, ministry styles. Yeah. And actually engage more on a, Kingdom ministry style. And, um, it's, it's been a really exciting journey. Because what it does is it, it gets us back into a, a kingdom mindset, a, a kingdom culture, and it's back to biblical church. So much in, in what we see in the modern day church move is, I, I question the, the biblical um, the biblical value of it. And so what we what we were challenged with was to move away from appearance, spectating, and a performance culture of where the under underwritten thing is is that um, you've made it and you're successful if you dress right, have all the lights and the smoke, have excellence in presentation and performance on stage, and there are growing crowds that come to listen and watch every week. This is what we identify as below the line stuff. 
And the focus is performance and achievement. And, and so we'd been in that model for, for some time and were really challenged. We, we just didn't see the, the, the biblical truth in it, the, um, the, the, the true building of, of kingdom and, and impartation, um, into people. So above the line focus is on building and deepening relationship. Firstly with God and then with others. It's about having a sense of vulnerability in our affections. Being real. Being real as we navigate through life, as we grow in our revelation of who God is to us, and, and that we engage horizontally as we progress in that. It's presence focused. Focused firstly on the presence of God and encountering His presence, not only at church, but in everyday life. It's not just about a, a church attendance. If if our faith is real and meaningful, it's got to impact every aspect of our lives and go outside of the four walls of this building. And I, I hate the fact that the church has been relegated to a building. The church is the body of Christ. The body of Christ is you and me as we live and breathe and have our being. We don't live and breathe and have our being only in church in this building on a Sunday or whenever we meet. It's got to impact our communities. It's got to impact our spheres of influence and get outside of these four walls. And that's what Edith and I became really passionate about as we identified this kingdom culture. And so it's having a, 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 a focus on encountering the presence of God which transforms. How many times do you see people, they go to church, they have this amazing encounter down in the mosh pit or, or you know, somewhere, but they're not changed. They go away and they live the same old way through the week. I believe that a genuine encounter with God transforms you. It impacts you to the point of where you want to change. And how do we change? Being transformed by the renewing of the mind. By stepping into a meaningful encountering relationship with our God and our Savior. To the point of where it impacts us and it's not about making conversions of people. It's actually about loving people and bringing them into a place of wholeness. Not for any other reason, but because we love them and we want to see them whole. <clears throat> it's not so that we can put another notch in our belt as, yep, got another convert today. It's about being present with others as well. 
And so, you know, when we, when we encounter God, what's one of the first things that you want to do with that encounter? You want to share it with someone. You want to share it with someone that you either care for or you know that they could use some encouragement with what you've just experienced. It might be the catalyst that actually um, turns the light on for them and, and moves them into that deep place of where they can experience and encounter God too. It's about being affected so that we actually take that experience into our work week, into our everyday life. Having a kingdom focus rather than building an empire to ourselves or significant reputations of men. It's God whom we serve. It's God whom we love. It's God who inhabits us. And so I want to be a, you know, the, the, the message that Mike spoke when he was here, being image bearers has just so impacted me. That's what I want to be. I want to, I want to bear the image of Christ in my everyday life. We believe that the Lord wants to bring transformational change to the church. And it's for the, the purpose of effective mission. Jesus came to save the world, not judge the world. We as followers of Jesus are able to go and make disciples because of that. And the Lord, I believe, is calling his people to be intentional in building community and, and building communities of faith. And that, that is based on the Great Commission, Matthew 28, and the two great commandments. It's actually relationally motivated. Let's just look at those. Matthew 28. <clears throat> verses 18 to 20. Then Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. See, this which we're engaging in, it's organic. It's living. It goes from glory to glory, from power to power. And it's, it's powerful. And so our, our mission is actually to be teaching this stuff of which we are experiencing. And being intentional about sharing that with a world that is lost. They think they're going somewhere, and they are. But they're void of that incredible sense of purpose and, and satisfaction. 
Go to Matthew 22, 36 to 40. Matthew 22, 36 to 40. And Jesus is challenged. <clears throat> and, and basically asked, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Realistically, that is the kingdom focus. Because if we love God with all of our heart, and we love our neighbors as we love ourselves, and people, it's not a bad thing to love yourself. You, in fact, you cannot love others until truthfully until you do love yourself. And it's not an egotistical thing. It's actually a God thing of where we come into that realize, realization of, of our identity based on what Jesus has done. Based on um, that redemptive process that Jesus brought us through. We are now sons and daughters of the living God. That's nothing to be ashamed about, people. That is something to be absolutely proud of and, and just contagious about, contagious goodness. So we believe that God's priority for leadership in the church is not about the possession of a title or a role. It's more focused on succession of passing whatever it is that we have and are good at onto others. Finding those, the ones that can rise, using our ceiling as their floor. And then re reproducing so the next generation rises using their ceiling as their floor. One of the things I realized this week is that, you know, in the, in the way that we live our lives, in the, in the way that we impart what we know onto other people and, and, and live life with them, it's actually empowering to us and we lose nothing. And to, to use an example, I, I want to light two, I want to light a candle. Seems like a good thing to do. So the candle represents your and my giftings, identity, um, who we are. And it, it burns successfully on its own. And as we impart to others, we light a candle. Bang. Another candle is lit. Did I lose anything in my candle? No. 
There is nothing diminished in my life and my giftings as I impart to other people what I'm good at. And so my candle continues to burn. But yet I've ignited another candle that burns in the same manner. And so it's a real opportunity to pass on that incredible gift that God has given to us and we don't diminish at all. In fact, we probably expand. I actually did a, a, a teaching input um, to some of our leaders at Set Free um, Church when we were um, leading that. And I, I used a, a book by, by Miles Munro. And um, it was quite a powerful leadership training. And um, he says this, the wealthiest place in the world is not the gold mines of South America or the oil fields of Iraq or Iran. They are not the diamond mines of South Africa or the banks of the world. The wealthiest place on the planet is just down the road. It's the cemetery. There lie buried companies that were never started, inventions that were never made, best-selling books that were never written and masterpieces that were never painted. In the cemetery is buried the greatest treasure of untapped potential. What are you going to carry to your grave? My heart is, is that I go to the grave empty. Nothing more to spend. That is, it's actually imparted along the, along the way. How sad would it be for the knowledge, the experience that you possess, for that to die with you? And so I want to encourage all of us to be looking out for those whom we can actually impart what we have to. Young people, look for older people that can teach you stuff. <laughs> old people, look for those that you can build into. Because there's a wealth of experience that you can impart that can actually save someone going through a myriad of heartache trying to find it out for themselves. If they can learn from you, it's actually a shortcut for them to come into the place of where you are. You have something to give. Regardless of your age, your stature, your race, your gender, you have something to give. And I tell you what, a giving person is a happy person. It just happens.
happiness just rolls off of you when you are generous and when you give. It's when we contain and withhold. Proverbs 11, 33, I think it is. It talks about um, how much better it is to be generous because... Sorry? Speak. It basically talks about how uh, you expand as you are generous and, and you, you spread things around. But the, the withholder actually comes into smaller places. Today is actually about us passing on the baton of responsibility and the mantle of leading our community onto a very able and gifted couple. And so today it's with great joy that we actually announce that we're passing the lead role of leading our community onto Ben and Jess. Come on. Worthy, worthy couple. And we're not going anywhere. Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna stay. Um, we want to, one of, one of my real giftings is in a support leading role. Um, I, I flourish when someone tells me what to do and I can go and make it happen. And that's not diminishing the last, how many years? Eight years that we've led the church. But I, I actually look forward to the opportunities of where I can support Ben and Jess and, and help them achieve what they want to achieve. Ben and Jess, we feel, are the next generation of leadership for this church. They have vision, direction, and strategy. They have energy. Not that we don't. But there is a, there is a freshness in, in what they're talking about from a kingdom culture mindset. And so we just want to champion them in them taking up this, this role. Um, basically, from 2012, we've been looking for a successor. Um, we, we want to see the younger generations raised up and released. And, um, and so they're the ones that are going to be able to communicate truth and and um, impart to their peers more so than what we will. And so, you know, it just it, it is just such a joy for us to be doing this. Um, one of the things that Edith and I believe very strongly in is that God desires the leadership team of this church to be a collaborative team. 
And one of the endearing qualities that Ben and Jess exude is that they are collaborative in their leadership style. And so they will be drawing on the gifting and strengths from you. I began speaking today that we don't do anything on our own. We don't achieve greatness on our own. In fact, part of what we want to do this morning is in the way that Jesus, I guess, imparted and prepared his disciples, his successors that were going to change the world. And they did. His 12 disciples turned the world upside down. And it all began as Jesus taught them on servant leadership. And he modeled it as he washed the disciples' feet. And so we actually want to take this opportunity to wash Ben and Jess's feet. And as a, as a, um, display of preparation for the mantle that they step into as a display that it's about servant leadership. It's not about being the leader at the helm of a, of a, an organization. It's about serving God and serving in a capacity that is just honorable to all. We've always believed that the miracle is always in the house. I don't understand organizations, especially church organizations, that employ lead pastors from elsewhere. That's just my thing. I think homegrown is best. I think those who understand the DNA of a family is the miracle waiting to be released that is in this house. And the good thing that happened as we merged with Crossing Point and we replanted this church community, we began to see countless miracles in our house that stepped up into various positions and roles and responsibilities and exuded giftings. And, um, and so that's... That's the good news. Um, I don't think for a minute that Ben and Jess presume that they're going to do it all themselves. The way I know Ben and Jess is that they, they're looking for help. They're looking for empowerment of where they can empower and also be empowered through that um, relationship. And we'll be teaching more on this uh, in, the, in the coming weeks. So this morning, in the same way that Jesus washed the disciples' feet as a sign of servant leadership and preparation for succession of his ministry, Ben and Jess, we ask that you would come forward and take a seat up here I'm going to I'm going to do a very brave thing. Because of what this stands for. 
if you have a sense of a word of encouragement, something that you want to pray over them as we, as we do this, the mic is on. And I trust that I, that we are in a, a, a safe family. And, um, and that this will be an opportunity for great encouragement and for getting behind the next tier of, um, of leadership. You stretch out your hands and let's pray for them. Father, I thank you for such an awesome morning. I thank you for the heart that was shared from Mal, just a great father of this house. And and in this time, Father, where there are so many unanswered questions, we know that the main question, we know what's real and that you sit on the throne, that you are God, you are king, and we look to you for the leadership of this church. And the fact that you've chosen such an awesome couple, um, Ben and Jess, to lead us into this next season, we are, feel a privilege and an honor to be a part of that, to be a part of this season and this time. We thank you that this is the day that you have made. We will rejoice in it, Father. We will be a part of this blessing. We will never forget this day. And God, we thank you that this is your doing. We thank you that you are such a God of love and covering and, and you want what's best for this community. And that's why this is so amazing to me, Father, that you loved us so much. I thank you for the plans and purposes that you want to do in the future. And more, I want to pray, Father, for us as a congregation that we would be ready, that we would be willing to serve, that we would model that servant leadership and and that we would feel like we are truly a family, that we are what we say we are. We are our community. What an honor it is to be here today, Father. We just pray that your blessing would cover not only Ben and Jess, but all of us here in Jesus' name. Amen.